The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today, I am delighted to have with us my guest, Wendy Jones. Wendy, welcome to the show. Hi, Marie. Very good to be with you. For those of you who might not know Wendy Jones, Uh, She is a pharmacist, and she has been supporting breastfeeding mothers through a voluntary organization since 1987. She earned her Ph.D. in 2000 following a thesis on community pharmacist support for the breastfeeding mother requiring medication. As you might imagine, she has a passion for encouraging breastfeeding, as well as providing information to healthcare professionals and families uh, who are Uh, contending with the idea of the mother having some kind of medication uh, while lactating. She has a national helpline in the UK, and she offers help through emails, social media, and telephone calls. You might also recognize uh, Dr. Jones from her book, The Importance of Dads and Grandmas to the Breastfeeding Mother. And that was published by Preclaris Press. So I promise you, you are in for a good day. Uh, She is very interesting and she's very passionate about this topic. And I know that we've talked about fathers and breastfeeding before, but Dr. Jones comes at this from a slightly different perspective. And in her book, you can really see that she shines through as, first of all, actually being a grandmother. And secondly, that she has a profound respect for her daughter and son-in-law. So I think that you will see that she's full of good tips and just a lot of good common sense. The fact that she has a doctorate doesn't seem to slow her down with her common sense one bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) Uh, Now, Wendy, in your book, you say, I needed, you were speaking of yourself as a grandmother, and you said, I needed to remain in the background loving them, supporting them, but above all, empowering them. So I've got two questions for you. Uh, First of all, I can imagine that some people would think that being in the background and being in support, uh, uh, being supportive could be interpreted as contradictory. Can you give us some tips on how grandmothers can be in the background and yet be supportive? 
I think the most important thing that I learned, having watched my grandchild being born, was that I was an invited guest in uh, their lives. Yes. They gave me permission to be there with them at this most precious moment. Something I would never have thought about asking my mum to do. Mm-hmm. Though with hindsight, I wish I could go back in history and say, really? come be here with me. Okay. Because, yeah, I, th- I think woman to woman, you know, the derivation of where midwife came from is so powerful. It's we, we are there for each other. Mm. So I kind of wanted to be there so that they knew I was there and if they needed me, they could call. But I was in the background doing the washing, cooking the food, taking the cups of tea, yes. taking them breakfast in bed. Mm, nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think they were quite sad when I came home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a wonderful description of how you are in the background and yet at the same time supportive. So, Wendy, let me ask you the second part to that, which is you use the word empowerment. I think that that term, at least here in the U.S., that term empower or empowerment gets thrown around a lot. But how do you actually empower a breastfeeding mother or a mother, for that matter? Yeah. I th- One of the things that I found over the years as being a mother myself and, and working with breastfeeding mothers is that so often healthcare professionals, pharmacists included, tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. If you feed in this way, it won't hurt. If you feed every so many hours, you'll get the maximum milk supply. Whereas actually empowering me to me means giving the information and letting them use it in a way that's right for them so that they are making their own choices but fully informed. Wendy, I have so much to learn from that because I have to tell you that from the first day that I was in nursing school, there was a big emphasis on this is this is how it how it works. And there was a big emphasis on being able to fix it. Yeah. And uh I think what you're saying is that you give people information, but you don't boss them around, so to speak. Yeah. 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 So they, they, they know what is right for them and for their babies. I, in, in the UK, we use the word counseling quite a lot. Mm, yes. So, yes. And counseling in its purest terms is, is about empowering people and, and giving them information. Whereas I know as a pharmacist, counseling meant giving advice. <laughs> Right, right. (laughs) I counsel the mother on the safety of her drug. Do do I really want to do that? Do I want her to to have the information? And maybe she decides that if it's about a drug, she doesn't actually want to expose her baby to the drug, however much I tell her that it's safe. And that's okay because that's her decision. Right. It's not me saying, yes, you can or no, you can't. And so many healthcare professionals do say to mothers, no, you can't. That's true. That's true. Well, you know, several years ago, I was teaching my comprehensive lactation course, and there was a woman there who said that she had been a La Leche League leader for 28 years. And she used one phrase that I have remembered ever since. She said, give information, not advice. Yeah. 
And I thought, wow, that pretty well nails it in a very short sentence, so concise. So, Wendy, how about from the perspective of the grandmother, you mentioned how the, I'm going to use this term loosely, uh, how the rules have changed since you breastfed your babies, probably since other mothers have breastfed their babies. So could you give us some examples? When I had my daughter, who this book is dedicated to, um, it was in 1980. And we were at the time where we were told you breastfed for two minutes each side on the first day. <laughs> yes. And and when did you start that timing? Was it when the baby looked at the nipple, when it took a look? Oh, it's taken a suck, but now it's gone off again. Um, and you only fed every four hours. And in hospital, I was given bottles of water to top up with oh, so yes. that the baby didn't dehydrate. Yep. And and my mum was, was there with me and she kept going, saying we didn't do that in my day and I'm going no 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 that's what the rules say it's life has changed and I think as grandmothers we actually have to be aware that things like timing of breastfeeds finish one breast go back to that breast when to introduce solids has all changed with new research And, and that we actually have to be aware that Maybe we need to update our knowledge and our information as well and not feel that we have the right to say, do it this way. Um, or do it my of, way. Yeah, do it my yeah. way. Um, <laughs> one of um, my friend's uh, mums has said, well, you know, um, if you put some ba- rice in a bottle and feed it to the baby at night, the baby oh, sleeps longer. The, the rice cereal, yep. yep. Uh-huh. And having a full tummy is always going to make you sleep for longer. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, it's interesting, too, that what goes around comes around because your mother was thinking that you should just go ahead and let the baby feed as he or she thought appropriate. In your, when you were a mother, it was two minutes today, three minutes tomorrow, five minutes the next day. See, I recognize this because that's what we were taught, certainly. <laughs> and uh, now it's come around full circle to what your mother knew in the first place, which Absolutely. was let yeah. the baby go ahead. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and tell me this. Uh, would your approach be different if it was your daughter-in-law rather than your daughter? That's the question that I've gone round and round. I actually happen to have three daughters. Uh-huh. I don't have a son. And I wonder quite how different it would be and whether I would have the same relationship to be able to support my daughter-in-law. But my three son-in-laws have become really enthusiastic about supporting breastfeeding have read all of the information and are really receptive so I hope that if it was my my daughter-in-law but it's accepting that if she says I don't want you to be here or I don't want you looking at my nipples to see how my baby's latching on I need to respect her space absolutely Absolutely. So what would you do with the, the if your uh, daughter or your daughter-in-law, for that matter, came home and said she was going to breastfeed, but you had been a mother who had only formula fed? How, yeah. you know, I'm thinking, all right, so if I've never, I don't know, baked Danish pastry, then how am I going to help somebody else to bake Danish pastry? I think that must be the hardest thing. And I think this is also <laughs> where a lot of healthcare professionals come from, because we have to believe that what we've done for our children is the best thing possible. Right. 
and actually having to be open to reading the information and the research that says we know differently now. Right. Right. And 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 life is changing, science is changing all of the time. We have to be open and aware of all of that. Um, and supporting it's their baby, not my right. baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think too that there is I guess I'm thinking about when I've seen mothers, new mothers, and their mother, and the grandmother says, I don't know anything about this. You know, I formula fed my kids, blah, blah, blah. If there's anything that I hope to impart to her, it is to get her maybe on the QT and say, just don't say anything negative or derogatory or that yeah. would under, if, if you don't know what to say, don't say. Don't say. Don't yeah. say anything. <laughs> Go and make a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Make a cake. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Because um, the truth I'm... is that very often we can say something when we don't know what we're talking about because we haven't had that knowledge or experience or whatever. And that can be more devastating. You might better, as my mother would say, if you don't have anything to say, shut up. You know, <laughs> very often and, that and can even, very much be the case. Yeah, and even the subtle cues, the body language, the kind of the pursed lips. Ooh, yes, yes, <laughs> totally agree with that. Hey, everybody, do not go away. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with my special guest, Dr. Wendy Jones. We will be right back after this short break. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. 
To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with my special guest, Dr. Wendy Jones. Dr. Jones, you mentioned here that father's support matters. Give us a little bit of what the research tells about the father's support for for the mother's decision to breastfeed. We can't underestimate how much dad's support makes a difference to whether the mum succeeds or not. I agree. If yeah, if she is going to feed long term and exclusively, we want to keep away the messages like, um, I'm going to express my milk today so that dad can give it in a bottle. Oh, so yes. that dad can bond. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Why why is feeding a bottle the only way to bond? Honestly, at least here in the US, because it's the only thing that is in their repertoire, they just don't have any other ideas. And so I think that part of my job as a nurse, at least, is to help people to generate a a bigger list, if you will. And, And then I think that they're a little more willing to say, oh, yeah, I could do that. I want to go to your son-in-law's perspective. Uh, You said in the book, and I quote, one of the advantages of breastfeeding was that he didn't need to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) He was always good at at taking the shortcuts to Uh, life. So how he clearly he was very supportive. So did you have to kind of coach him through that a little bit or did he figure it out for himself or how did that work? He was very supportive and he had looked at all the research and knew all the things that made breast milk special. And he did give give the baby one bottle because my daughter, have, because she was living in America, was going to have to go back to work at three months. Mm. So they needed to know that the baby would take milk at daycare from a bottle. So they tried once mm-hmm. and then he went, oh, OK, I've done that. But actually, how much more fun is it to have the baby in skin to skin with me? Oh, nice. Um, he would, there are pictures in the book of him lying on the sofa with a baby on his chest. And one, I think it didn't actually make it to the, the, the book where my grandson was about to latch onto his nipple. Which caused a huge <laughs> hilarity. You know how babies are gonna go. For right, anything. right, right. <laughs> yes, yes. I've often said uh, the nurse's uniform, the side of the crib, what, whatever. If it hits their mouth, they're going it's for it. Coming, for yeah, sure. it's coming his his way. But he 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 would sing. He loved to sing all the songs that he'd learnt as a as a child himself. Uh, and it kind of took them back to their memories of being young. So one of the things that they did was when she was up in the middle of the night in that first week when they were still struggling to get the latch just right, you know how that bit where you're still needing another pair of hands to get on, they would be awake. Um, And he got out their favorite childhood stories and he would read these stories to her overnight. Mm. So that's bringing that that kind of nursery closeness, comfort, something that's really simple um, yes. to read, yes. 
comforting. It's like that that big cuddly blanket around yes. you. Well, um, and I, I'm just kind of visualizing that scene as you're talking to me, uh, and it just seems like it's just all so warm, fuzzy, yummy. Mm. Yeah, and it, and, yeah. and that helps you to relax, so that Absolutely. it helps the milk flow. Absolutely. And he, he's got a job. If he's going to be awake wondering what's happening with his wife in the middle of the night, at least he's doing something to help her. So he would go and he would get her glasses of water and make sure that she could reach them. Because there's nothing worse than having that glass of water that's six inches out of your reach <laughs> or your mobile phone that you can't quite reach. Yes, yes. <laughs> TV controller. Um one of the other things they did was we used to actually um, conglomerate downstairs and we watched a series of a, a UK uh, box set called Downton Abbey, which mm. was stories of the sort of last century and upstairs, downstairs life. And oh, we nice. watched the whole box set during the week at three o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Because you know how those babies don't quite get morning to well, night. It is true. And I'd, yes, and I'd hear them up. And I'd go down to take part in that warm, fuzzy feeling. I was getting the oxytocin from them, mm. really in being with them. Um, you've, but, you've mentioned, uh, Wendy, you said, excuse me, uh, you've mentioned skin to skin with the father, singing. Um, I'm thinking reading. You also mentioned any others that you want to mention as things that fathers can do. Yep. Bathing the baby. How lovely is it to bathe the baby? Okay. We yeah. don't want to bathe too often in the first week we want that that natural uh moisture to stay there but that's can do later on putting the baby to bed mm -hmm. one of the things i'm passionate about is making sure that the visitors who come don't stay too long oh yeah don't fire yeah. mum um and and that they have a coded signal between them that says please will you get to this person to leave now yes um I actually want them out of my house, but, you know, he may also, if they're people that they want, make them a cup of tea, take the mail of a partnership away so that mum feels more comfortable with feeding in front of her friend. Sure, sure. And, and most of all, just giving the mum a hug and telling her how brilliant she is. <laughs> they, they've done, they've made this baby together. Together, yes, and yes. And when uh, we, it, we all need to do know that we're doing a good job, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And and when you kind of um a bit uncomfortable or tired, there's nothing better than a shoulder massage. Mm. Yeah. I know when I get to the hairdressers, the thing that I love best is somebody just to rub my shoulders for five minutes and the shoulders go down oh, yeah. and you relax and it's it's that feeling of, of care again. Kind of melt into oh, I'm I'm there with you. I noticed, by the way, I thought I have never met this woman, but she specifically said not diaper changing. Yes. It drives me. It just drives me crazy when when the father says, well, what can I do to help? And, and somebody says, well, you can change the baby's diapers. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's really exciting. That, yeah, that's, and, and, and you uh, get the peepee -pee one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, really. You, you also mentioned, though, men as problem solvers. I read wow. that and I thought, wow, you are so right on, woman. So tell us, how can the baby's father become an effective or a valued problem solver for the breastfeeding mother? Can you give us some examples? 
So I, I in the book, I put um, a poo and pee chart mm-hmm. so that we're making sure that the baby is getting enough milk in that it's getting all the nutrition that you want. So maybe just ticking a chart. I put that down as grandma's task. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dad was doing much more of the care, the caring things. But actually reminding the mum that if it hurts, there's something wrong. And maybe being in charge of the list of who to call for help. Oh, I like that. Is it a la leche liga that they, they've met met nearby? Is it a lactation consultant? Is it a friend who's, who's breastfed and can come and pop round? Knowing when there's something that's not quite right mm-hmm. and reminding mum, do you remember what in that bit of the book it said, do you think we need to have a look at that or to remind us or do we need to ask for help? One of the things that, that's become quite important in the UK just at the moment is the um, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, uh, Prince William and Kate. Oh, yes. ended up this um, whole thing about... Uh, raising the awareness of mental health issues, mm. talking about it. So has the mum lost her sparkle? Mm. Is she a bit anxious and depressed? Does she recognise that? Does she need some help? Does she just need that hug? That's so important. And very often family members uh, are, are, I don't know if I would say more in tune, but they certainly have more opportunities and they should know the person better than a healthcare provider so they can really see those subtle changes that you're talking about. And I would totally agree. I know we've kind of taken the deep dive into that with some other radio shows that we've done. Uh, We talked with Kathleen Kendall Tackett uh, and others, uh, certainly. But I do think that kind of sorting that out is, is helpful. And I guess I might also say that when the going gets tough, very often, mothers do kind of fall apart, whether it's about breastfeeding or anything else. And it's often fathers that can say, okay, look, it, let's just get a grip here. Let's just figure out how, how we're going to fix this. Yeah. I guess the fix does come in there again. But uh, I know sometimes, even with my own husband, over just simple things, sometimes I've said, I know that there's no particular reason why you should know this or have the information on this, but will you just help me to just like talk this out, sort this out, think it through. And why would breastfeeding be anything different than anything else in the sense that talking it through actually works, you know? Just by acknowledging that there's something that's in your head that's bothering you. I I saw a talk recently that said when mums um, have a newborn baby, they go into a hyper-protective mode. So Mm. kind of like if we were still Stone Age woman, we would be looking to see where the the big monster was. Yes. And there's actually only a small step from being hyper-protective to being anxious. Well. And then not sleeping. But but dad dad can unpick that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, We had a guest on who was a psychotherapist and the show was on anxiety, uh, postpartum anxiety. And she said when we were in the Stone Age, yeah, we had to worry about the uh, saber-toothed tiger, but we don't have the saber-toothed tiger nowadays but we've really got to be aware of those things and those those stories in our heads. Hey, Wendy, don't go away. 
And all you moms and all you dads out there listening, don't you go away either, because Dr. Wendy Jones and I are going to be back to talk about not only the father, but the grandma. And we're going to be talking about a lot uh, more of these situations that arise. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Relationship issues, anxious, parenting challenges, no more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with pharmacist Dr. Wendy Jones, who is also the author of The Importance of Dads and Grandmas to Breastfeeding Mothers. Now, Wendy, you talked also about the father's role as a protector. You talked about him as a problem solver and other things, but uh, as a protector, and you mentioned several situations. The first that caught my eye was, and I quote, just as in labor, you may need to protect the mom from unwanted interventions and unhelpful suggestions, unquote. Can you give us some examples of what those interventions or unhelpful suggestions might be for the breastfeeding mother? And how does the father protect her from them? 
because my passion as a pharmacist has always been about drugs and medication, that is going to be the first one that comes uh-huh. to my mind. Yeah. Um, so she goes along to see a physician and he says, um, you have to give up breastfeeding for five yep. days in order to take this medication. And the mum may feel that she can't argue with a healthcare professional. Very frequently. We all, yeah, we all get a bit intimidated. But actually, the dad may feel that, that he is the protector of not just his wife, but his baby as well. And going, It's actually really important to us that this baby doesn't have formula. So can we think of another drug or another way of managing the system, this situation, that will enable my partner to carry on breastfeeding? He's one step a bit removed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree because I think that mothers very often just cave in. They're like, well, this is what the doctor says, so this is what I've got to do. Yeah. And you're right. The father is just a little bit removed, and yet he's involved, and he probably has a little bit more objectivity here. Yeah. Uh, well, I had one situation recently where um, a mum was admitted to hospital with what initially appeared to be mastitis, but very rapidly developed into sepsis. Oh, dear. And she was really, really poorly in a very, very short space of time. Uh, but he, even though it was two o'clock in the morning and they were just still sitting in the ER, there was no way that he was going to leave her by herself, although everybody was telling him to take the baby home. He mm. wanted to stay and make sure that mum and baby were together. And he was just napping in a chair beside the bed. Oh, um, what a guy. Yeah. And and really stayed there as long as he possibly could until she said, no, no, that child actually needs to go home and get a couple of hours sleep and, and you can't help me anymore. And it was her decision to tell him, him to go home. Um, sadly, in, in the UK, we don't have space around beds mm, like you do in either. America. Well, nah. sometimes, sometimes yeah. we do, sometimes we don't. But, yeah, it's a problem. And, and then there is also, let's have a scenario where he was formula fed as a child and his oh, mum yeah. um, then wants to come along. So just as we were talking about, you know, if I had a daughter-in-law, how would I approach breastfeeding? Maybe his mum is going to be giving the negative comments to his partner and saying, actually, you know, why are you still breastfeeding? Oh, yes. Yeah. Is that baby hungry again? I remember one time being with a friend of mine and her mother-in-law was there and she kept saying, she's hungry. You've got to give her a bottle. She's still hungry. And every comment that came out of her mouth was... Basically, that the the mother didn't have enough milk and was doing a bad job. What a message! Yeah, absolutely. But how easy it is to get that to get into your head. Well, well, she's been a mum. Is she right? Am I missing something? Is my baby hungry? Is <laughs> right. my milk good enough? And you start to doubt yourself. Absolutely. And actually, then that is a place where dad could go. I, we appreciate that this isn't the way that you fed all of us. But actually, we've we've looked at all the research. We've been to the classes. These are the decisions we've made for our baby. Right. Right. Uh, I, I have heard people say something like, this is the best decision for our family. This is the decision that we've made. And it doesn't sound like it's just the mother spinning in her own orbit, fighting, fighting her mother-in-law. You know, it's not daughter-in-law yeah. versus mother-in-law kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it doesn't have to split the family. It can just be said in an assertive voice without getting into an argument about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wendy, while we're on that same sort of idea with the father's role as a protector, one of the things that we see is that sometimes the baby is in the neonatal intensive care unit, which here we call the NICU. But yeah. in any event, it's a it's a place for babies to go when their health is compromised or they're very premature or whatever. Uh, can you give us some practical tips for how the, the father can be the protector in that kind of a situation? That's the really tough situation, isn't it? When, it when is. The baby that you were expecting to have... Yep. It's tiny and vulnerable, and and sometimes you feel it belongs to the unit, not to you. Right. Um, so things like making sure that the mum has plenty of opportunities to eat and drink herself and to be cared for and loved and nurtured. I keep coming back to this idea of, of dad nurturing the mum in order that she can be a mum. Absolutely. It's just Absolutely. this big way of showing and And... Even things like the shoulder massage when she's expressing. Mm. Maybe he can do some breast stroking as a sign of love. Holding a hand, telling her it's going to be okay. I, you know, this is just my thought, but... I were remembering that when I first, when I wrote my first book, I, I started in 1995 and I didn't finish until late 1997. And I think of the times when my husband said to me, you can do this, dear. You can do this. <laughs> yes. You can, you can do this, dear. And if he said it once, he said it a hundred times. And I, it was so important to me to hear that I could do this because I did doubt myself and Quite honestly, parenting and certainly breastfeeding is a whole lot more intense than writing a book. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) when you write the book, it's a bit like delivering something. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But but also when a woman delivers a preterm baby, for some women, it's thinking that her body failed the baby. Oh, definitely, yes. Because she didn't carry it to term. um, And therefore, she's got to get through life is like that these things happen for reasons that we don't always understand but yeah somebody telling you that you are the most wonderful person in the world and the best mum ever oh it means so much yeah it really does Uh, i i have a, a picture that i've been using a lot which is in the book um because sadly my son-in-law died when when their baby was three and a half months old but my daughter exclusively breastfed throughout the whole of the time that her husband was in hospital and there's a picture of him my son-in-law with his mum and his wife and the baby and you can see the love in the room and therefore you can feel the oxytocin and this was what kept them going all the way through Mm. Mm, so, so even sweet. though he was so critically ill, he was still looking after her. Sure, sure. Can we switch gears there for just a minute? Because you mentioned his mother, and clearly you were the mother in this situation. Uh, can you give some practical tips for how grandmothers can support mothers if the baby is in the NICU or even if the baby is in for surgery or there is some some critical situation, can you give some grandmother tips here? Would they be different than what you would give to fathers? I think as grandmas, 
we can take on the bigger, wider role the, and, and needing to look after our son-in-laws as well. So we're the ones that nice. can take in the food. <laughs> we can take the dirty washing home. Yes. We can take the, the, the meals, the, the clothes, the looking after the house, making sure that the dog is walked. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The trash is out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can look after the rest of the world whilst they're in this little cocoon, supporting Absolutely. each other to support the baby. You know, sometimes when I do stuff in the house, I think... A task as small as just refilling the liquid soap container. Honestly, you know, it's not hard. It doesn't take any work. It's not all that time consuming. But when you add up all of those little things, you don't have the soap or you don't have the whatever. And here's another thing is helping to either get the groceries or go and pick up groceries in a lot of here in the u.s at least sometimes you can order your groceries ahead but then somebody has to go and you know drive the car and pick them up and And it has to go into the fridge or the freezer absolutely stored correctly (laughs) absolutely and people just sometimes don't understand that that they seem like they're just such small small tasks and yet add it up those really mean a lot. And it's the things that take away the pressure oh, from yes. the rest of the situation that is is so traumatic. But it, but it, even just with a normal baby at term at home, I for me, I did what my mum did, which was to cook, to clean, to yep. wash, to shop. Wendy, we only have about one minute left here, but can you just quick, quick run down that list that you have on page 55 where uh, you said those first few days at home can be rough? I don't know if you said that, but definitely I would say that. Uh, And can you give us some practical tips on how the father can be helpful? We have less than a minute left. Okay. So everything that doesn't involve breastfeeding. (laughs) Okay. Would be a simple summary and ideally not diaper changing. Right. Uh, Bathing, singing to mum, making sure she's, she's comfortable all the time. Maybe fetching her painkillers. Right. How about a nap for the father too? Naps for father are great. Grandma's allowed to cuddle every now and again with the permission of the parents. (laughs) It's not a right. It's a given privilege. Privilege. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, You certainly mentioned uh, helping with household chores. Um, and, And I was thinking, yes, just being sure that everybody is fed and comfortable and having those things in close reach even if it's just the uh the cell phone or the whatever that means so much but everybody has to be close (laughs) for for sure don't go away everybody (laughs) wendy and i will be right back after this short break What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Relationship issues? Anxious? 
parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. Welcome back to Born to be Breastfed, where Dr. Wendy Jones is helping me to bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. Uh, Wendy, you have a rather unusual uh, title for your book here. It is The Importance of Dads and Grandmas to the Breastfeeding Mother. What was your inspiration for this book? It's strange. I actually started writing the book literally as my daughter went into labor behind me. Um, So (laughs) I took her out for a walk in the morning as she'd gone into labour and, you know, we we met people on the road who who recognised that she was in labour and and looked looked at us and said, oh, just think you'll soon have a baby. And we came back and I thought, right, this is going to be a long day. This is the first (laughs) baby. It's going to be a long time. Long day, (laughs) yeah. What what shall I do? And the the book had been in my mind for a, a while. Um. So I kind of started it and I looked at the the different facilities and and things that were available in the US compared to the UK um, and did some research. But sadly, when my son-in-law, when my grandson was three and a half months old, my son-in-law was admitted to hospital with what we thought was a gastrointestinal infection. And he thought he was going to go in overnight for rehydration. It turned out that he had bowel cancer that had already spread to his liver, oh. liver hands, um, and lungs. And, and we were told that actually if he'd been older, they probably wouldn't have brought him back from surgery having done anything. 
Um, so it was a tragic case that they could see no good ending out of. So I flew back to America to look after them. I stayed at the hospital with my grandson in the family room whilst my daughter cared for her husband and the baby was taken backwards and forwards um, to be fed. When my son-in-law died 42 days later. Oh, my word. Tragically, he was just 35 years old. He had his 35th birthday in the hospital. We all decided that we wanted to challenge ourselves to do something in his memory, something that was outside of our comfort zone. Okay. Um, something that was going to make a difference but would keep his memory alive. So some people would raise, raise money for charity. Some people changed jobs because he'd had conversations with them about you're not happy there, just go go make life matter and I decided I wanted to write this book um so it 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 became not just about grandmas but about dads and what a great dad he would have been if he'd been spared Mm. Uh, and and how his memory and the pictures that were so precious that we took in this time could inspire other dads for the future Wendy, I was wondering if it's your son-in-law's picture on the front cover. Yeah, that, that yeah. picture was taken um, when the baby Sterling was five days old. I took the picture. Uh, it's a uh, beautiful picture. He's a handsome it's, man. It's a lovely, lovely picture. And I kind of, I get this big lump in my throat every time I look at that because that that love for his child is, is there. So, so obvious. Yeah. Yes. My daughter is... Um, now about to get married again next month um, nice. and has had another baby with a new partner since so sterling will have a new daddy but he walks around and he says that's daddy christian daddy christian uh, heaven and uh, he's watching me and so christian's memory will will never die of course because of course. we have this and and i I did something outside of my comfort zone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes that's where we need to go. So tell me this, where can we, well, I'll I'll answer part of my own question here, which is uh, I will be featuring your book on my own website. For those of you who are interested, the name of the book is The Importance of Dads and Grandmas to the Breastfeeding Mother. On my website, it is... uh, breastfeeding uh, born to be breastfed.com i will repeat that born to be breastfed.com wendy tell us where you will have it on your site or elsewhere okay i have a website which is called breastfeeding and medication and the address is www.breastfeeding-and-medication.co.uk I also have a Facebook page called Breastfeeding and Medication. That was the title of the first book. There is also a Facebook page for Breastfeeding for Dads and Grandmas, Mm. which I'm trying to build so that we can come together and ask each other the questions that you and I have been discussing tonight. Mm, Nice. Um, Nice. And both, both the website and the Facebook page have places where you can message me um, and I can answer questions. Any questions that I can, my speciality has always been about drugs in breast milk. Uh, The book is published by Proclaris Press. I want to remind everyone here that what Wendy said a minute ago, this was a little out of her comfort zone. She is a pharmacist by training. She wrote her PhD thesis on uh, 
community pharmacist support for the breastfeeding mother, but uh, certainly she has what appears to me to be a wealth of practical experience as well as a huge depth of PhD prepared knowledge. So I would think that this is a wonderful, wonderful resource for you. As we all know, the world is becoming much smaller. So whether you're in the US or the UK, and I know that there are more than 100 countries, I believe it's like almost 180 countries now where this radio show will be aired. So certainly if you're listening to Wendy, just remember you have a way of finding what she has to say well beyond the boundaries of this show or beyond the boundaries of that book. So, wow, what a time. Wendy, uh, in just a, a sentence or two, any any last closing thoughts you'd like to offer us? I think the most important thing is to enjoy every single day, whether you're a dad or a grandma, mm. with the special woman that's in your life, that's the center of your life, and keeping this baby in, in the middle there as well. And do everything you can to protect them Give them information, not advice. Listen to them and treasure them. Ooh, ooh, I can feel by the tears pricking at the back of my oh, eyes. That's I'm very that good is, at making people yeah. cry. I'm sorry. Oh, you're very good at that, indeed. Uh, very much. Uh, Dr. Wendy Jones, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, well, that's all the time that we have today. But before we sign off, uh, I would like to especially thank you for listening to Born to be Breastfed. We don't have a radio show if we don't have an audience. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for being there and for tuning in every Monday. And if you're interested in Dr. Jones's book or any other media that was mentioned on this show or previous shows, check out our Amazon store. And how do you do that? Well, you can visit us at borntobebreastfed.com and you'll see it. That's borntobebreastfed.com for the books and media or for my blog or whatever, for for whatever you're listening to. Uh, and by all means, check out our Facebook page. Feel free to leave a question for me or for Dr. Jones or for any of my guests And by the way, remember to like us while you're there. Now, if you're a professional and you're looking for a continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. Some of you really need to make sure that you check out my new online programs for getting your IBCLC certification. My courses and tons of of resources, I've got a bunch of free resources too, as well as my blog and much more are all at my professional website, and that's breastfeedingoutlook.com. Again, breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 